0: But yeah, just trying to see exactly what it is that you're trying to get out of this moving process. Like, is it for quality of life? Is it for better health I feel like overall my health care in Spain is a lot better than I had in the U.S. Uh, of course it is hard. There are times where I do, you know, miss having my parents nearby, having my sister nearby. I won't say that it's a very super simple, straightforward process, but it can be very rewarding if you know what it is that you're trying to get out of it.
1: Hi everybody, you are listening to the Solo Female Traveller Podcast. Recent figures show that more women are traveling than ever before, and most of the women you hear on this podcast have turned their life around thanks to solo travel. I am Luco Almanares, and in this podcast, I talk with amazing fellow solo female travelers to discuss personal growth, changing mindsets, and we share advice and strategies on how you can do the same. And welcome to a new episode of the Solo Female Traveler podcast. And today for this episode, I invited Flavia. Flavia is the host of Latina Traveler and she's a first generation American. So for this episode, we want to be talking about immigrating as a first gen Latina. So Flavia, thank you so much for being here. And can we start by please having you introduce yourself to our audience
0: and tell us a little bit about you? Hi, Lou. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. And um, yeah, so a little bit about myself. Well, my name is Flavia. I'm a first-gen Peruvian-American. I am a travel blogger, a podcast host, and a digital creator. I'm on all the different platforms as Latina Traveler and I mainly use my platform to provide resources and tips for women of color, particularly Latinas that want to travel and that want to travel solo because I feel that the representation of Latinas within the travel space isn't really at the forefront when people think about people that travel. And so I've actually done a master's in tourism, and now I focus my time and energy on wanting or helping other Latinas travel as well, to feel confident and safe while traveling. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. And that's why I wanted you to introduce yourself, because you do so many amazing things for our community that ah, I'm very happy to have you here.
0: (laughs) I'm excited to be here.
1: And um, also, so right now you live
0: in Barcelona in Spain. Yes. So I've been living in Barcelona. It'll be three years in September, but I'm actually currently in Hungary.
1: Wow. I know you have (laughs) like this talent that you wanted to visit 30 countries by 30. I think you're over that by now.
0: Yes, yes. I did hit that back in November, so still about two months before I turned 30. And um, now I've actually been to 32 countries, so climbing on up. (laughs) That's amazing. So you're
1: like traveling as a Latina. You are also a traveler over 30. So you're giving a great example to many of us.
0: Oh, I hope so. That's what I want to be doing.
1: (laughs) So your parents are from Peru and you grew Mm -hmm. up here in the U.S. So... What inspired you to emigrate to a different country?
0: Yeah, so um, both my parents are from Peru, they're from Lima. So growing up, I spent my summers in Lima, visiting family, visiting my grandparents, because a lot of them still lived at that time and still do in Peru. So I actually graduated college, I spent the year after that in Peru, because I felt that I wanted to connect even more with my roots and get to know uh, my family a little better, because, you know, seeing them for three months out of the year is great, but it's obviously not a lot of time, it passes quickly. So I spent a year there, and then I, well, I've i always loved to travel. I actually, um, instead of having a quinceanera, my parents gave me the option of having a quinceanera or going to Europe for three weeks. And so I went to Europe for three weeks, which was amazing because I know that quinceanera would last for one night, but I spent three weeks in Europe, which was so great. I'd never been to Europe before then, so my first experience there was at 15. And then in the U.S., a lot of people... I don't know if they do so much now, but at one point they would do sweet 16s. So instead of having a sweet 16, I actually went to China for the first time. So that was a very unique experience in itself. And I'm really glad that I did these opportunities because who knows if later on in life they would have presented it themselves the same way. Um, And then I actually spent the summer before my senior year of high school in Buenos Aires to actually improve my Spanish. Even though I speak it at home, I felt that writing and reading sometimes I wasn't as strong in in those areas. So those three months there definitely helped a lot. Um, And so I knew I wanted to live somewhere else. Actually, even growing up, even though I spent all of my school days and college in the U.S., I knew I wanted to live somewhere else and it was just kind of finding where. Before I even went to college, I had considered doing my full undergraduate program either in New York, in Puerto Rico, or in Barcelona. I didn't end up going to Puerto Rico or Barcelona, but I did it in New York, and I ended up doing a semester abroad in Paris. From there, I actually did go for about four or five days to Barcelona, and I knew that I wanted to spend more time there. So, In 2019, I actually went with some friends, and then I went on my own to visit my cousin who lives in Barcelona. And we walked around one of the university campuses, and I remember looking to her and saying, I want to go here. (laughs) At the time, I wanted to do a master's program, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to do it here. So when I got back to the U.S., I applied, and I was on my way back to Barcelona three months or four months later. It was unexpected because my original plan was to do the master's program and then most likely go back to the U.S. or possibly Latin America. Um, But I really felt that the pandemic cut my time short in Barcelona. So I wanted to spend more time. And now we're going on almost three years. So it happened unexpectedly, but I'm not upset about it at all. (laughs)
1: Wow. So you said a lot of great things. So first, you wanted to go back to Peru to reconnect with your roots. I think that's amazing. And then second, instead of a quinceañera, you got a trip to China and a trip around Europe for three weeks. Um, <laughs> so I mean, can you just imagine as a teenager being exposed to all those different cultures. And then yeah. also I've heard you speaking in Spanish. Your Spanish is really good. But then you were like, no, I want to improve it. And you went to Buenos Aires, which is Spanish still, but it's also a different accent and also different slang. Um, You wanted to do your master's abroad and you did it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you went to France first and then to Barcelona and then it's been three years and you're still there and you're still traveling. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, literally, when I've seen these memes on Instagram where they say, um, especially because, you know, when you're living your day to day life, sometimes you forget about how far you've come in the things that you want to accomplish, right? So sometimes we're always thinking of the next step. And whenever I see these memes come up, say, where you're at now is where you wanted to be a couple years ago, a few months ago, and you're there. So enjoy it. While you're there, because who knows what's going to happen next. And I saw that maybe a few weeks ago and I was like, yeah, I mean, I did want to be here a few years ago and now I'm doing it. I need to really appreciate it because who knows what the next step is going to be. So I also have that tendency of living in the
1: future. And right? it's just like, hey, mm-hmm. calm down. <laughs> because like being a different country and emigrated, immigrating is not easy, at least for my part. It's just like leaving, leaving my family behind, like having to deal with all the immigration process and just like mm. doing Everything. When I emigrated, I had to do everything that I thought I would never do. So this leads me to the next question. What are some challenges that you have faced when emigrated to a different continent and a different country?
0: Yeah, honestly, the whole thing has been a challenge. Even from the day I got my acceptance letter into the master's program, I had to then get an appointment with the Spanish consulate in New York. And at the time, because before the pandemic, they had their system set up differently where they had the appointment bookings completely open and you could book as many as you wanted. So There was no appointments available until around Thanksgiving time. And my program was set to start in September. So I'm like, already I'm starting off wrong because I won't even be able to either go and start the program or I'll have to, you know, go and come back. And it was just a whole back and forth mess. So even from the beginning, it's been a challenge. I didn't end up actually getting the visa until I came home for Christmas because it took about two to three weeks to actually get the visa. And I knew if I came home in November, I was going to then miss most of December. So I said, I would rather wait and get it then. And so this is December of 2019. So, you know, three months before the world shut down. (laughs) So I got the visa. I came back to Spain. In Spain, you actually have to um, make an appointment within the first month of your arrival with a work or student visa um, with the immigration office to show that you're there and get your actual residence or like permit card. So at the time, it was also very hard to get one of those because there was actually what they call a mafia that would book them up and then sell them. And they're supposed to be free appointments. (laughs) So it was a whole mess. (laughs) And um, eventually I got an appointment for, I remember, the 20th of February. And at the time we had heard about COVID, but we didn't know what was going to happen. I was just starting an internship at the time. And... I never got to pick up my original first like card. So even since the beginning, I've had such an issue. When I actually went to renew my visa, it was denied. And I ended up having to go back to the U.S. to apply for a new visa to then come back. And now I actually am also in the renewal process again, because unfortunately, it's every year and it feels like the year is not long enough, um, just because they give you an answer anywhere from two to four months later. So even though you have a year, four of those months, you're pretty much like in your renewal process. So you really get like eight months where you're just relaxing. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, so I'm in the renewal process now, but I actually, again, had my visa denied. So I am trying to appeal it. And hopefully I do. If not, then I may actually be moving, not to the U.S., But, um, yeah, once I have more details on that, I'll share. But I'm not fully sure if that's happening, so I don't want to say too much because I don't know yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. We hope that everything goes well with the visa. I hope so, too. (laughs) And and that's the thing, you know, when you decide to emigrate, it's just like making the decision is a big step. But then there's also these other things that you got to do. And then when you got to get familiar also... um, how the system is in another country yeah and so your parents immigrated to the U.S. but you are the first one immigrating to Europe so who helped you like this was someone to guide you along the process or did you do everything yourself
0: um no unfortunately I've had to pretty much learn a lot on my own I mean I've had some friends who you know I've done certain parts of the process so of course like we help each other out with maybe Some websites we may need to use to book appointments or get some information. But for the most part, it's just been me looking things up and trying to see what works and what doesn't and what I need. And unfortunately, some of the websites aren't updated too often. A lot of the ones haven't been updated since 2016, 2017. I'm like, some of this information isn't even relevant anymore sometimes you show up to the appointment with information from 2016 and they're like, well, no, now you need this and this and this. And I'm like, well, it doesn't say that on the website because it hasn't been updated in six years. And they're like, well, you need it anyway. I'm like, okay, great. So I'll be back. <laughs> it's been a lot of ups and downs. I did say I, I have a cousin that lives in Barcelona, but her situation is a little different. She was born and raised in Peru, but she had the facility of having an Italian passport. So her immigration to Spain was a lot smoother because it was just a lot less paperwork and everything. And it was just like a one-time thing. And then it was over. Uh, unfortunately for me, I had to go through a lot more hurdles to get here. And I'm still going through the hurdles. It's like a one of those sprint marathons that never ends. <laughs> but for the most part, it's just been me.
1: And, you know, it's amazing that we have People like you that have gone through the process by themselves and then can share their knowledge with other girls wanting to do the same. And yeah. which, now I will ask you, like, what would you say to a first-gen Latina that is wanting to emigrate outside of the States?
0: Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people may have different reasons for wanting to leave the U.S. I know I have my personal ones for wanting to do so. But I think it kind of open up your world to different cultures, different ideas. Um, I mean, one of the main reasons why I wanted to leave was just the change in uh, quality of life. I felt that in the U.S. everything is very high stress, high pace or fast paced. And it's just not the lifestyle I saw for myself in the long term. I did want something a bit more relaxed, a bit more easygoing, a bit more family and friend oriented instead of just work oriented. And I felt that I found that in Spain. Um, I know even southern Spain is more relaxed, I've heard. I haven't spent too much time there in general. But in comparison to the rest of Spain, Barcelona and Madrid are more high paced and and everything like that. So it could be even more relaxed, I guess. Um, But yeah, just trying to see exactly what it is that you're trying to get out of this moving process? Like, is it for quality of life? Is it for better healthcare? I feel like overall, my healthcare in Spain is a lot better than I had in the US. Uh, Of course, it is hard. There are times where I do, you know, miss having my parents nearby, having my sister nearby. I won't say that it's a very super simple, straightforward process, but it can be very rewarding if you know what it is that you're trying to get out of it.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. Knowing what you want to get out of it, like knowing your why, because then you go through all those huddles that you're going through right now. And if you don't have a strong why, you're like, okay, now you know what am
0: I doing this? Exactly.
1: And um, Flavia, for anyone listening to this that wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, so uh, the best ways to find me would be either on Instagram or on pretty much any social media platform as Latina Traveler. My website or my blog is also Latinatraveler.com. Maybe through requests on DMs, sometimes they can get lost, but um, you can also follow me there or write a comment to let me know, to check my DMs, and I will get back to you.
1: Same happens to me. I always miss a request. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that
0: happens. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, Flavia, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for everything you shared with us. And I know you also give advice and you have a bilingual podcast for Latinas. So can you share a closing thought with us just about anything?
0: Yeah, um, honestly, that life is too short to wait until everything is perfect to go for it because I wanted to launch my blog literally nine years ago. And I felt that it wasn't right, like the name wasn't right, that what I wanted to say wasn't right. And maybe if I had, I would have learned so much then even through the mistakes I would make and and everything that could go wrong. But now I'd have a better idea. And I kind of wish I had gone through with that instead of waiting. Because even now it's not perfect. And it will never be perfect. But at least I started, So definitely start before you're ready because you'll learn a lot more by actually doing it and making mistakes than waiting until you feel that it's ready.
1: I really felt that. <laughs> ready is a lie, so you will never be ready in order to take action exactly. and just be modifying and improving. Um, okay. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, Flavia, thank you so much again. And we wish you the best with your visa process and everything. <laughs>
0: Thank you. No, thank you so much, Lou, for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to see where where this is going to go for you as well, because I know you started it a while back, and of course, it's still growing. So,
1: yeah, I started a while back, having no idea what I was doing with my English being really bad, and here I am. My English has improved, and I don't know. <laughs> Let's, see. <laughs> Let's see where this is going. But I have the honor to speak to amazing women like you, and just to have the honor of like other people listening to me and to us. So,
0: yeah, no, thank you so much for having this platform and for having these conversations because they're very useful and I'm sure very inspiring to the people that listen. Oh, thank you so much.